Welcome to the Midwest Nice Podcast, the show with honest political discourse, Dipton Ranch. This is your host, John Flynn, and today I'm joined by Amy Lipka, Lauren Kaufman, and Mariel Brown-Fallon. Keep your accent strong and the burners close by, because you're going to need it. Let's get the show started. for another week because of memorial day or do i have my days wrong yeah i think you're right right. yeah we had some good witty banter going before oh lauren's back that's important hey lauren she wasn't uh what the last two episodes i think we did without lauren i was playing hooky sorry yeah what were we just talking about tuxedo cats Yes, turns out tuxedo cats can be boys or girls, in case you were wondering. You like thought I was. we were. You thought there was a chance that they could only be one. Well, we know cali- three, cali- and they're cali- all boys. Cali- explain, cali- explain to our listeners first what a tuxedo cat so is. So a tuxedo cat is a cat that is uh, white with black markings, uh, much like a tuxedo. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like your cat is wearing formal wear all the time. Which is why we thought they could be only boys. I'm sorry. Which That's close-minded of us. Girls can wear tuxedos, too. So mm-hmm. I thought maybe it's 2018. Tuxedo cats can be boys or girls. And we were right. Because calico cats, um, all the males are sterile, so they're almost exclusively females. Calicos, right? Am I getting yeah. that right? I didn't That's know that That's when they got all. all sorts of colors, right? There's yeah. a bunch of them that mm-hmm. roam around my neighborhood. The uh, cat gang. <laughs> yeah, I had to scare I'm, them off my I'm aware. Po- I had to chase them down the street because they wouldn't leave my house alone. The previous owner of the house used to feed him chicken. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> Got an interesting neighborhood. Yeah. A lot of, yeah, there's some background noise today. Authentic- authenticity added to it. <laughs> Still, we get those meetings going on, and one of our uh, uh, designers is actually <laughs> assembling a coffee table <laughs> in the background of our studio right now. The usual. Hey, Campbell. But you know what? We're not going to tell her to stop. Say hi to our listeners, Campbell. Okay. You okay. Go. That's she, the same thing as saying hi. She looks stressed out. Uh, we'll just, yeah. No, we're rooting for you. We're here for you. Um, anyways, lots of stuff going on right now in our in our little home state of Michigan. Um, first thing that I wanted to talk about uh, is off an article I just saw on MLive about. Um, so the the title of the article is "Anti-Trump Billionaire Pays Big Bucks to Get Out the Millennial Vote in Michigan." Um, so it's basically about a uh, billionaire progressive named Tom Steyer. Um, most famous right now for he's been running a lot of ads um, pushing for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Uh, he's been spending a lot of money and playing him on like Fox News and stuff like that um, to try to persuade people. Um, uh, so yeah, he's he's started uh, using some, some influence and in, uh, some organizations that he runs to try to help turn out the vote and get uh, get younger progressive people to register to vote and get out to the polls uh, in Michigan, as well as pretty much all of the other uh, battleground states that are coming up. Um, so pretty cool that yeah, he's... I'm th- pretty interested in like seeing what happens in 2018 with young people voting, because I feel like mm-hmm. I keep hearing that like, oh, young people don't vote, but there's like a lot of things going on right now. Like the Parkland survivors are getting everybody like all riled up and registered to vote. And there's like, there's just a lot of things going on that I think are making young people really politically engaged. And so it's just like, it's strange to me to keep hearing like, 
millennials don't vote or aren't that interested partially mm -hmm. because i work with a whole office of millennials who obviously are like politically active and like you know it could just be like you know my perception of what's going on because of my circles but i'm just interested to see what happens in november yeah i definitely feel like i'm caught in a bubble sometimes mm -hmm. um we talked about that before when we've talked about like working on campaigns and stuff like that you feel like why doesn't everybody care about this stuff as much as I do? Because, you know, I have to care about it for, well, I do care about it, but also have to care about it for work. I am contractually obligated con to care. <laughs> I feel like people though, like people that I don't work with and like don't work in politics still, you know, care more than they have before, I guess. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. I also think that like, the really the thing that's been super successful as you said about like march for our lives for example is like they wanted to have a march obviously first and foremost but i think that um the people who were advising them did a really good job in saying like okay let's make sure that we have like um some concrete outcome or something that we are pushing people to do to like actually make a change and i think that they've done a really good job at tying in um let's end gun violence and let's end gun violence by voting out anybody who's taking a bunch of money from the nra um and i think that they've done a really good job at like incorporating um the message to get active and register to vote and turn out to the polls into their like um anti you know gun violence message so i think that they've been really successful at that and i mean um we'll start to see more of that as like more primaries happen but i think that um the i haven't looked at like the specific breakdown of demographic but i think that probably we've continued to see more democrats winning elections and i wouldn't be surprised if um we're seeing a bit of an uptick in like the youth uh vote voters yeah and i feel like going off of that like definitely with the anti-gun violence movement but in a lot of like whether it's the environmental movement or you know the time's up movement things like that i feel like every movement that i've seen going on in the past couple of years you know the people who are at the helm of it are saying but we can't do anything unless we get out and vote and like to me that seems redundant because like i have to pay attention to all of it for <laughs> what i do but you know if you're only like a normal person, like, you know, connected to one or two issues, it's important to have that again and again. Yeah, and and to that point, I'm really happy to see people like Tom Steyer, um, instead of deciding to run for office with all of their billions of dollars, mm -hmm. deciding that they're going to fund a particular issue that they're really passionate about and yeah. holding that into political causes. Mm -hmm. um, some late breaking news, Howard Schultz is stepping down from Starbucks. Um, and wow. there's a lot of speculation that it's because he wants to run for something. Mm. Wasn't he going to mm. be in, sorry, Hillary's like cabinet? Yeah, he probably was. <laughs> oh, sorry, yes. Laura. Can, uh, subject. For sorry. me, as well as our <laughs> listeners, can you explain who he is? Because yes. I actually don't know anything so, about this. Yeah, so he's at the, the head of Starbucks. So I think a lot of these um, initiatives, he's at least taken the credit slash blame for things like when they were um, putting uh, come together on coffee cups mm -hmm. in Washington, D.C. to remind legislators to not shut down our government or when they were encouraging baristas to have conversations about uh, modern <laughs> racial issues with mm. customers. Did, mm. did he, the most did sensitive he make, time to Did he make the Satan anti-Christmas cups that he, everyone's up in arms about? Yes. He did draw the two women holding hands oh on the Starbucks God. cup personally, John. Um, <laughs> so, like, and then when they had this this issue with the two gentle African-American men who were arrested for 
sitting in a Starbucks. Um, mm-hmm. He, you know, put a video, I think he was the one who put the video out there um, directly talking to consumers and shutting down the stores and saying, you know, we need to do better. And so I think um, the conversation we had earlier was he's very well intentioned, but um, mm-hmm. it's just sort of channeling that positive energy. So I, I hope mm-hmm. that he'll find an outlet that is positive like this and really um, gets mm-hmm. people involved in the political process. Seems like 2018 is maybe not the time for more billionaires to be running for stuff. But. Yeah, yeah, and I think that like there's an important contrast to um, show between like, you know, I don't know if we've mentioned it on the show yet, but um, the uh, casino mogul in Las Vegas, Adelson, what's his first name? Sheldon, Sheldon Adelson. Sheldon Adelson. So he just contributed or like kicked in another $30 million to the PAC that's helping fund um, a lot of the House Republicans that are running and up for re-election in 2018. Oh so no! God! I know. No! God! Please, no! <laughs> you, said, you said you wanted more sound effects. We I'm did. Sorry. Thanks. More cowbell. Um, uh, and yeah. so basically, yeah, him and Paul Ryan had a little sit-down, had a little chit-chat. Paul Ryan left the room, and then he offered, you know, his like slight little thirty million dollars to help Republicans win. But here's small loan of thirty small million. Loan. <laughs> Except it's not a loan; a, it's just to give. A and post small loan. Post small loan, America. <laughs> oh. And so basically, like, I think it's an important difference to. <laughs> I think it's an important <laughs> difference to parse out between Adelson just handing House Republicans thirty million dollars versus Tom Steyer, who's actually like funding efforts to turn out the youth electorate and like get people informed about issues and like have people start to participate in the democratic process i feel like that's um a really great like if i was a billionaire i would hope that i would you know put my money towards like helping to um increase the strength of our democracy and i think that you know from the right we're going to start to see a lot of a lot of people already talk about tom steyer and how he's just like you know a liberal lefty billionaire who's like flooding democrats with like tons of cash and is like basically not doing anything different than like what adelson's doing but i completely disagree i think there's there's a huge difference and i think that tom steyer um no matter what you think about him personally i think that he's doing a lot of good with his money yeah. Um, just to go back to the article for a minute, just uh, some, I guess, more facts about what exactly steyer has been doing in Michigan. Um, so he stopped in Detroit last week to rally Next Gen America, uh, an organization he's a part of and will be on college campuses in 11 states uh, helping get out the youth vote. There was about 370 organizers there who were uh, receiving training. So they also help uh, train organizers for elections. Um, and he had just come from Minneapolis where he hosted another event. Uh, that was about his need to impeach campaign that running the ads that we were talking about, which he's put $40 million into. Um, and then he's, so he's committed $32 million to get out the youth vote in 11 battleground states, this election cycle, Arizona, California, Florida, Iowa, Michigan, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, Nevada, Virginia, North Carolina, and Wisconsin. And, um, So it goes on to say that in Michigan, the group has already been active on most of the college campuses. So Wayne State, U of M, Dearborn, Oakland, uh, U of M, Ann Arbor, Michigan State, you know, all of them, Um, and expanding to other ones soon. And also recently, his uh, efforts in the area prompted DT Energy and Consumers Energy, two big uh, energy producers in the state of Michigan, to commit to using 25% of renewable energy by 2030. And in return, Steyer is going to back off in a, a uh, ballot initiative that uh, the, his, the group was pushing. Um, so it was kind of like either you do it 
on your own or yeah we do basically or yeah. we'll turn out uh, millions of young voters which it feels like we're just gonna do both anyway yeah. <laughs> so it seems like him and uh next gen are really out there doing doing god's work and uh yeah i keep getting their ads everywhere i don't know if you guys have seen them but those are the ones with a cute little like they're keep, gorgeous yeah. Check out their website if you haven't. Yeah, yeah. They're really great, and they feature... Um, they have, like, little il- hand-drawn-looking illustrations yep. of people. Great yeah. branding. I mm-hmm. assume that they're modeled off of real people. It just dawned on me so that they too. might just be, like, archetypes that they've created. But if they are, they s- feel really relatable to Rachel me. is the Michigan <laughs> one, and I love her. <laughs> Interesting. I don't really know any... But I just do keep seeing them, and I feel like they're doing a good job. Yeah. It's very eye-catching. Um, yeah, so uh, the the article finished up on um, saying that yeah, next gen is still focused on environmental issues, uh, but that mission is now folded in with this big voter registration drive that they've been doing. And uh, so yeah, they've been on on 360 college campuses across the country, knocked on 12.5 million doors, and have registered 1.3 million Americans to vote already. Wow, that's great. That's amazing. It's yeah. a lot, but it, yeah, his a, his anti Trump hands are just great. Yeah, this is <laughs> something I like. Part. Haven't heard about. I haven't heard about how like how wide and sprawling and like effective this has been. Yeah, I didn't so, know either because I knew very cool. He's like a California guy, and so I didn't know that it was reaching, especially in Michigan, mm-hmm. until I read this article. So I mean, I, yeah, I'm like tuned into some like a lot of like just j- campaign job boards after like mm-hmm. being connected to that world, and they are hiring yeah. so many people. Oh, really? So many people. They are always, like, they're always hiring, basically. They are, like, I don't know how big their staff is. I'm guessing it's gigantic. Um, But, yeah, they definitely have tons of organizers that are already, like, putting in a lot of hard work. I knew that there was a lot of next-gen activity happening in Pennsylvania for the primary that just happened there because that's one of the targeted states. So So all of you uh, recently graduated people out there looking for a job yeah go work on a campaign i'm about to send this to one of my friends yeah i tell that to people all the time that i friends that i have that have either been looking for work or about to graduate and things like that that a lot of people think like they never think of working in politics as an option even though they might be interested in it because like i know even me before i started working into it i didn't know that you know you didn't have to be a political science major or something like that. People come from it from like literally every background. We know people who work in it who are music majors and um, everything under the sun. So um, for those of you out there who are like looking to get involved and make money, maybe make a career out of it. Yeah, look into Next Gen and a lot of other political organizations out there because the midterms coming up are going to be a pretty big deal. Huge. If you haven't noticed, huge. <laughs> Itch. All right. Uh, this week, trivia. Mariel's doing it. Hi, everyone. Some new blood. New blood up in new this. Blood. Up uh, in this. Woo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. Um, just, just do this. All right. I'm doing it. And first of all, just, just before we get into this really quick, uh, I want to give a shout out to my good buddy and uh, my podcast co-host, John Flynn, because it is his birthday today, everyone. Well, thank you. You were ready with that one, John. He was Thank ready, you. ready to go. <laughs> I but knew what yeah. she was doing. Um, we had a good, fun little celebration today, and uh, John has a pinata that is approximately the size of him. So I with hope Spider-Man on it. I hope we did. We You're did welcome. your birthday proud. Um, but anyway, so let's get into this trivia. So, in light of the Missouri governor Eric Greeson, 
Greetings. 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 Oh, mess that up. It doesn't matter. He's done. Uh, anyway, he's done. He's <laughs> out. They already have a new governor. It's like he wasn't even there. But anyway, so in light of him resigning um, amid, you know, a cheating scandal, which tends to plague lots of politicians uh, because, you know, I don't know. I don't know why they do it. They just do it. It's a power. Exactly. Power, whatever. So I thought I would do a little bit of research um, and dig back into, you know, 16th, 17th, 18th century. um, Look at some other prominent political figures who were caught in cheating scandals. That's a good theme. So um, there was absolutely no lack of material to work with because apparently throughout history, men have been... uh, not so great, but surprise! You know. This is a three-hour trivia section. <laughs> it's just On, a no, no. To be honest, like you could go by century and like look at the names, and I was like, no. So anyway, we're just gonna do one really quick two truths and a lie round. Um, so mm. I am going to give you the names of three prominent political figures. Two of them were unfaithful to their wives. One of them was not. And you are going that to need to. Know as far as that we, we know. know of. That we know of. He was probably unfaithful to. This is a trick real. question. Um, okay. But anyway, so I'm going to give you three names. And you tell me who you think was the angel. Okay? All right. <laughs> so first, Alexander Hamilton. Second, George Washington. Third, Thomas Jefferson. Um, I've listened to the Hamilton soundtrack, Mariel. Come on. Yeah. And I know (laughs) basic information about Thomas (laughs) Jefferson. Okay, so next time I'm never doing trivia because you just (laughs) insulted me to my face. I'm sorry. So how about everybody stops being so rude? So I only listen to Hamilton for the love songs, so I might get this one wrong. I'm just happy because when I don't do trivia, I never know the answer. Yeah. Okay, great. We're going to start with John. Give me your answer now. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say George Washington. George Washington. Also George Washington. Okay, I guess I'm an idiot (laughs) because you're all right. What? Yep. There's the whole Reynolds thing with Hamilton. And then... I thought I really was going to have you. I guess that that was kind of And basic. then Jefferson had the whole thing with his slave woman. Was that contemporaneous to his wife? With huh? Sally Hemings? Was that oh, when, I don't know. when his wife was still alive? I just knew that he was kind of a monster. Because he really, he like promised her he would never remarry again. It was actually like a really nice story for him being a dirtbag in other arenas. Yeah. Okay, I don't feel you bad. know what? I don't know. I just knew that yeah, Thomas Jefferson had like quite the history of having affairs with affairs um, yeah quotes yeah yeah, nah, yeah. It's, bad. it's bad it was bad okay yeah. so anyway i guess i didn't you know refresh my seventh grade history enough before i picked this question so sorry you know what you're all smarter than i am let's move on haha ha, i'll trick you with this one okay on to a new topic <laughs> so defensive all right. question two how many restaurants in michigan have been featured on diners drive-ins and dives <laughs> finally yes. a question that piques my interest <laughs> and i will tell you that some states have in the hundreds. Some states have none. So, interesting. How many ha- does Michigan have that have been featured on diners, drive-ins, and dives? Um, we don't get ranges. I just gave you a range between more, zero and a hundred. Doesn't he have like several shows though? Or but that's his biggest one. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. Guy Fieri, we're talking about, by the way, who is from? Wait. We, this is a trivia question. You did time this trivia question. I can't John. remember if he was the one who was from Michigan or if he was from Ohio. 
I think he was. Mm. I think he's from Michigan. I think oh, he's from Ohio. Ohio feels right. It's to either me. Cincinnati, Ohio, or somewhere Still in Michigan. Still in the Midwest. Yeah. I'm gonna Google it. While Proud we do son this. of the Midwest. Um, I'm just gonna guess uh, 14. Um. I'm gonna guess nine. I'm gonna say 30. Is this closest without going over? Final Are we doing answers? prices right rules? Yeah, this yeah. is closest without going over. Final okay. answers. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that Lauren is uh, into some kind of witchcraft because she got it exactly right. <laughs> it's 14. 14 exactly. Also, she was right about Guy Fieri being from Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> Lauren was playing so at Koi. I think she knew exactly, exactly 14. How Lauren many? has seen every episode. <laughs> She's seen every episode. <laughs> fact, Guy Fieri super fan over here. Little known. So, we uh, knew. Big fan. We knew the whole time. Um, good trivia, Mariel. Uh, Don't let the really? haters. Really? Because I feel like it was bad. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> that yeah. was good. Don't let the haters pull you down. I think people feel better when they know the answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Me. I was gonna. There are some like surprising names on that Wikipedia list, though. Like people that you didn't know. I don't know. Cheated on their spouses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I guess bummer. it's it's not that shocking. Bummer. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, good trivia. Good times. Well, at least we'll always have Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, faithful to the end. Oh, don't worry. He was he was on the, the rock. list, and his the moral, was terrible. The moral rock holding this country. Together. They quoted the Access Hollywood tapes. It's it's not good. I will tell you that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're going to build the wall of moral superiority. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's get into some current events or a current event. Um, big current event. Uh, this well, super current because it's probably coming to a head tomorrow, Tuesday. Uh, so the uh, the article about this was, that I just read was, um, Michigan Republicans could vote to legalize recreational marijuana next week. So this is obviously written a week ago, but basically uh, there's a lot of talks and movement going on that uh, the Republicans in the state government could possibly try to pass a bill legalizing recreational marijuana in the state of Michigan on their own. It's already, it it had a petition drive and it made it through the board of canvassers onto the ballot. Um, And so there's a couple of different reasons why they're listing why they would do this, but I think most people are figuring they're really doing this because they want to keep a lot of Democrats who may be very motivated to vote in November uh, from going to the polls if it's already legalized by then. a lot of thoughts on this. It I'm assuming that Republicans think that all Democrats are like those two guys in Parks and Rec who at every, like, recall yeah. Leslie Nope thing, they're just like, legalize weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they, well, they think that every group are. of people is a, is a monolith. It's true. So. It's true. Yeah, there was, I, fr- I think it might have been John Mulaney who said, like, I want marijuana to be legalized just so people can stop talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's my that's my line as well. Um, yeah, so the, the article started out with... Um, that uh, Michigan lawmakers could vote to legalize recreational marijuana instead of sending it to the ballot under a plan being forwarded by the Senate Majority Leader, Arlen Mikoff, who's a Republican from West Olive. He says, uh, I'm proposing that we adopt it and amend it and put it under the uh, medical marijuana law and regulate it. So that's his sort of reasoning is that they want to be able to make amendments easier to it once it's passed, because if they pass it, I think they just need a simple majority to make amendments later on. But if it's... um, passed on the ballot then it takes a three-quarters majority that they don't have 
in the Republican Party. And probably because they're going to do a terrible job and they know that they're going to need to make amendments to it later because they're going to sabotage it. Am I right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of weird like legal legislative loopholes where if you pass things that have over, I think it's like a $5,000 expenditure, like they can't be amended or something. So mm-hmm. there's like a lot of things that they can do to kind of... Um, make it either easier or harder for people to change it in the future. Yeah. So Mikoff says that he has the votes in the Senate and is working with lawmakers in the House to try to get around. Um, so the the Speaker of the House, Tom Leonard, is who is a Republican from DeWitt, is opposing this um, for a variety of reasons. I think mostly based on how his constituents feel or how he believes his constituents feel about it, but I'm not sure. Um, what else? So... Yeah, the the ballot uh, initially got onto the, or the, the initiative initially got onto the ballot. Uh, it was pushed by a group called Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol. They gathered enough signatures to uh, get the possible law onto the ballot. Um, and polling right now is suggesting that it would pass pretty heartily. I think right now it's standing at like sixty-one or sixty-two percent approval. Um, but yeah, as of this moment, uh, <laughs> this so just we, in. This just it. As we're recording it, because um, it's Monday right now, and so the the deadline for them doing this was tomorrow, Tuesday. So when you'll be hearing this when it comes out, but apparently they uh, had a vote already, and it just um, didn't have the votes. They do, yeah, they don't. They, so they didn't they pass don't it. Have the votes. Um, I don't think they. Bring it up, I don't think so. that they. Yeah, they didn't vote on it, but they don't have the Here's votes. Here's the thing. This is the same legislative body that banned powdered alcohol. Yeah. So I just, I knew that this wasn't going to happen. Yeah, but this is a Midwest nice first. We're actually, like, figuring out what's going on as we're, is this a failure or is this, this a good thing? This is why you always have TweetDeck up. No, I mean, I feel I mean like as, well, it's that's, a good thing it's for. It's a good thing for us, it's right? A good thing. It's a good thing for Democrats. I mean, as a podcast, is that a bad thing or a good thing that the topic we're talking about gets resolved as we, we really have <laughs> ignore this the entire episode. <laughs> it's amazing. Tell me there it's was amazing. at least some sort of like bizarre speech or there was a fist fight or something going on. I think on. the so fact that this happened about. was interesting. Like the fact that the Republicans were fighting over like, should yeah. we do this or should we not do this? You know this? what? That is a good silver lining. Welcome Amy. to the legislative process. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so then it's, yeah, it's going to be on the ballot in November and it's pretty much all signs are pointing towards it passing um, I know there's a professor at MSU named Charles Ballard, and he had written an op-ed. He's a big statistics guy, and he's always involved in these things, and he was super confident about it. I actually had him as a professor, so I always trust what he says. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's actually kind of, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty, like, moderate person. So um, I don't think it's, he is very, like, statistics-driven. So um, cool. It's going <laughs> to be on the ballot, I guess, and bring out, it, I mean, it will. It'll, it'll bring out a lot of voters who probably weren't mm-hmm. super involved before. I think it'll be, like, both, like, one and the other. Like, people will come out to vote for that, and people will come out to vote for other things and then end up voting for it. Yeah, so. and people will also probably come out to vote against it. I think that That's it'll true. Ge- I think it'll generally mm-hmm. be a good thing for progressives. Um, yeah. But oh. I think that there are also people who um, have strong feelings in the opposite direction. Yeah. So I am fairly neutral i want to see what those attack ads look like because i feel (laughs) like it's going to be like you know yeah it's going to be pretty nasty well one of the um 
one of the things I was going to talk about before uh, before the, the, the breaking <laughs> news came through is that uh, so one of the groups that was formed to oppose the ballot proposal is called the Committee to Keep Pot Out of Neighborhoods and Schools. And they had actually jumped onto supporting the um, what uh, Mikoff and the, the Senate Republicans were trying to get through of passing it now so that they could easily amend it later. Um, but I know I we had talked about this before and they had said that if for some reason, you know, if they didn't end up doing it that way, then they would go back to being opposed to legalization entirely. Um, hmm. So I'm sure they're uh, in a flurry of activity right now <laughs> deciding what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Really I like that committee name. That's funny. Yeah, it's very on the nose. <laughs> committee to keep pot out of neighborhoods and schools. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting because I didn't see anywhere where anybody was talking about putting marijuana in schools. I think that they were the directly ones into schools that you know just of, pumping it all into schools. You're just not connected enough to the Illuminati in the state. <laughs> you're, you're new here. You're not in the Illuminati yet. You're not, you got to be here at least a year before you get invited to be in the deep state. I'm sorry. Um, um, you'll, right. you'll get an email. It'll probably be in your spam folder. Gotcha. So you might have already from, gotten it. Actually, you it just comes haven't from checked. Upper Peninsula Prince. And uh, half the words will be spelled incorrectly. Perfect. Yeah. A little bit of it. The, uh, the, the tagline is in Russian, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what that happens. <laughs> what that happens. We'll see. We will Leave see it in. What hap- I, have, I need to get better at these transitions. I'm not really sure what to do with my hands. Um, all John, right. what's going right this week? Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Silver Linings. Got a, got a couple of good ones, actually. Um, so the first one, it's a very, I think, a very uh, Michigan, true Michigan story um, that I was reading on the Detroit Free Press. So the title of the article is How a Party in Up North Woods is Helping Michigan Sturgeon Survive. So the, the gist of this is that there are these gigantic fish called sturgeon that are in Michigan. Well, they're in a lot of places, but there's a ton of them in Michigan. So can I just preface this by saying Amy doesn't know what a sturgeon is, and so yes. we're having her Google them so you can get her live reaction. <laughs> so I looked at the outline and said, oh, I don't know what that is, and Lauren said, don't Google it. <laughs> they're pretty terrifying. Um, so I'm going to Google image search this right now. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. I will. So just to, <laughs> they're like mini sharks. Yeah, they're huge. So just to... Um, yeah, there's a, they had a little description of what sturgeon are. So sturgeon have been called living fossils because they're essentially leftover dinosaurs. The species dates back 136 million years to the Triassic period. I don't like it. It looks like they have two spines, but on the outside. Fish. They don't have teeth or bones. Their skeleton is cartilage. They have no scales. Instead, they have leathery skin. They're ter- they look like dinosaurs. We'll um, tweet it out. The biggest amongst them can reach 15 feet in length and weigh a few thousand pounds. No. Um, lake sturgeon, <laughs> uh, which are smaller, can still be like seven feet long and 250 pounds, and they can live up to 150 years. Not into um, it. So another big reason why they're they're known, besides the fact that they're huge and terrifying, is that that's where caviar comes from, is uh, sturgeon eggs. Um, so, yes, anyways, the what the article was about is that uh, there's an area uh, near the Black Lake in uh, Onondaga, I think the city was, that um, there's a, they've had a big problem with people poaching them. And so there's a, a group that was formed called um, Sturgeon for Tomorrow that has been organizing uh, volunteers to basically camp out and watch for um, poachers 
during a like a six week period, I think where they're um, swimming upstream to spawn or something like that. Um, and the group has grown more and more, and it's basically now it's become sort of like a fun thing that people go and do, and it's like a party. And people go out and uh, tent camp, and they they have shifts that are six hours long. But then when they're done, everybody just camps and hangs out. And I wasn't sure a, how this was going to be quintessential Michigan, but it really is yeah, now. There, yeah, there was some nice photos of, uh, yeah, there's a good photo gallery on the article. Um, we can post the link later that uh, showed a lot of people, you know, like hanging out in tents and drinking whiskey by the river and watching for poachers and all the things that Kid Rock talked about. <laughs> all the things that Kid Rock was Summertime talking about. Summertime in northern Michigan, baby. <laughs> sturgeon watching, for watching sturgeon. northern <laughs> Michigan. Um, but yeah, they are, they're really cool. For, they're terrifying, but I've seen them in person before when I've been in a canoe, and they're terrifying. And honestly, like, I wouldn't have been surprised that the ones that I saw were over seven feet long. Were they bigger or smaller than the canoe you were in? Um, they were close to the same length as the canoe that oh. I was in. Mm-hmm. Oh. Nightmare dragons and <laughs> thought, yeah, let's eat those eggs. <laughs> uh, yeah, caviar is sick. I don't dude. know, ancient people who are starving, probably. Like, I'm really glad that they're being saved because what a miracle. <laughs> but, but, gross. That is true. How did that come about? We would like some answers here. That is vile. Yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, um, yeah, this organization has been around for a long time, and the article says that. After 20 years, sturgeon guarding has evolved from a gratifying cause into a six-week party in the woods that brings hundreds of people who sometimes stay for weeks at a time. There's a lot of like retired people who do this for fun every year. Um, there's lifelong friendships among strangers have formed here, and a few people have even met their future spouses at the sturgeon watch, which is amazing. I'm speechless. Wait for that New York Times engagement announcement. Should we, should we go and do a live podcast from the Sturgeon Watch? I'm going to meet should. the one at the Sturgeon, sturgeon Watchers Match. Um, dot com. Yeah. Sturgeon Watchers only. Sturgeon Watchers mingle. Yeah. And something else that uh, I'll mention is that this isn't, you know, some sort of like wild vigilante kind of group. Their instructions are that if they see anything suspicious, um, everybody has cameras, phone cameras, or some people have nicer cameras. They take pictures of it. And the local law enforcement and Department of Natural Resources know that this happens and they encourage it. And so they're sort of sitting by waiting for any sort of pictures of uh, suspicious things that happen. Um, I guess it's pretty obvious to see there's like a very specific way that people poach these fishes based on the the like holes that they they dig and sleep in at night, something like that. The people or the fish? <laughs> Both. <laughs> uh, the fish. Um, so it says. Wait, uh, what? Wait, wait. No. So the fish. So basically, how the it's, fish who don't have bones <laughs> dig holes. So the 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 fish. Well, that's what they're they're actually like. I think sort of dangerous because they ram people. Like they've like. Well, yeah. I assume they were they've dangerous. Hurt, they've after hurt did people that before because they they like ram into people and they've like hurt people like that before. I don't know if they've ever like killed somebody, but. Um, I'm about to Wikipedia it, so yeah, please we're hold. gonna need a fish scientist next week. <laughs> I'm very concerned. Well, I'll call my fish scientist friends, and we'll get them out there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so they were saying that one of the ways, or the major way that they poach them, is that the sturgeon sort of dig themselves into like holes under the water when they sleep at night, and so it, it's pretty easy for poachers to catch them by like just jabbing a spear into the the holes. As you can see, which is pretty brutal, and um, 
because you are there's a certain amount of sturgeon that are allowed to be fished ethically and like the normal way with the rod and reel every year but it's a very limited amount so there are people who poach them for some for the food but most are poaching them to try to sell their caviar which can fetch a hundred dollars an ounce for fresh cost like sturgeon caviar so you guys have just educated myself on sturgeon mm-hmm. and Not they real. they're a <laughs> <laughs> they eat like small fish and uh diet of shells crustaceans and small fish but they can hurt humans when they jump out of the water and splash <laughs> and like smack them um gentle giants uh it is not known why they do this, but it could be for maintaining group cohesion or catching airborne prey. Or maybe they're just mm. uh, scary. Also, <laughs> they have electroreceptors that are sensitive to weak electric fields generated by other animals or geoelectric sources. Yeah, they're really, cr- they're like ancient, they're so like evolved because so they just have been, existed forever. So it's like alligators, they're like apex animals because they goodness just have existed forever um but yeah uh just throw it out at the end of the article it said if you want more information or if you're interested in volunteering for the sturgeon guarding program go to sturgeonfortomorrow.org and uh sturgeon spelled s-t-u-r-g-e-o-n for we will who be know. we will be taking a break from the podcast for the next six weeks as we <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it's going on right now i actually didn't pay attention to that part of the article i might be totally off um but pretty cool pretty cool organization and Genuinely interested in it. Um, pretty cool. Uh, one other thing that I was going to bring up, uh, if we had the time, something else that I saw that's um, important, I think especially to Lauren, is that uh, Targets in Michigan are about to start doing home deliveries same day. This is a game changer. They just partnered with an organ- a company called Shipped, and I think the one in Ann Arbor they said was one of the ones that was going to be yeah. the pilot program. With Lauren this. looks like Wondering she has about thoughts. Your thoughts on this. So I have some feelings because the beauty of Target is the experience. Mm. My Target is currently being remodeled right now. I think the Starbucks in it is going to be larger. Um, so I really enjoy the opportunity to walk in for a roll of paper towel and then leave with an entire capsule wardrobe. Yeah, go on a Target <laughs> run. That's the fun of it. Yeah, that's, that's the fun of that's Target. Really true. It, w- it could take out some of the magic, but I think I do. I do think that it's a good. It's good for families. It's good for people who want Target items but don't want that. Uh, Struggle. Don't want to be completely irresponsible. <laughs> it's good for the Midwest. I think it's good for if you're buying like furniture and stuff too, and like because like my car, like I really can't fit that much in it. That so. is so true. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's a good, really a good. That's point. a good point. And I also I had some feelings about shipped, but um, my parents got my grandmother a subscription to Meyer shipped for um, groceries because it's difficult for her to walk around the store that's and a good carry idea. and lift things. She has arthritis, so definitely good for um, folks who have mobility issues as well. So yeah, this is this is good for the Midwest. Good for the Midwest mm-hmm. and therefore the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just felt like I should throw that out there. Uh, anybody else have any other things they wanted to talk about? No, happy birthday, John. Yeah, well, thanks, happy guys. birthday, John. Thank you. Um, good episode this week. Let's uh, let's promote ourselves a little bit. Mary, I'll take it away. Well, if you're not subscribed <laughs> to our podcast already, I don't know what the heck you're doing you're sl- with your you're life. S- you're slurring your words together. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because, you know, that's how we talk out here a little bit less. Just kidding. I think I'm the only person you're, in the Midwest who talks like You're not that. from the Midwest. trying to blend in, and it's not working. You're right. Okay, I'm a poser. Anyway, if you want, you should subscribe to our podcast, give us a rating, 
Um, we are on Stitcher, on Google Play, on iTunes, or basically anywhere you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Midwest Cast. Correct. And John, what is our website called? It's it still too long. Midwest nice.pinecast.co. I got it right the first time that time. Yep. And still need to connect an actual domain to it. That's okay. They don't know what that means. Right. <laughs> Everyone most, knows what that means. Yeah. I don't. Well, nobody. <laughs> I don't. Nobody really listens to podcasts like off the website. It's all from you know iTunes, Apple Podcasts, things like that. So, not that I'm discouraging our listeners. <laughs> don't listen to it there. Um, this is going great, you guys. Our yeah. Instagram is Midwest Nice Podcast. And today we put up a nice cross stitch. We did. So it was basically made for us. I was shocked that it exists. So go. We won't tell you what it is. You have to just go look at it yourselves. Yeah. But uh, good episode. And uh, to everyone out there, yeah, subscribe, give us reviews, do all that. We're desperate for attention. And we will see you again <laughs> next week. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Bye.